Welcome back to Black Goddess Healing and Manifestation. I am Dr. G and just really truly honored that you decided to join and listen to our podcast today, this episode. Um, You know, every time I see the viewership or listenership, I should say, I just am humbled. So thank you so much. Um, The love that you're sending towards me, I hope you receive it back twofold. We are joined in an interview with Iafunlayo from Ashe Ray. And if you are not familiar with her work and her service to the community, then I am glad that you're here because you need to hear about her. You need to learn about what she does and uh, follow her. And she's going to tell us how to do that. All the offerings that her and her temple are providing uh, so much virtual uh, offerings that we could then join in on. And as I say this word that's just coming through offerings, offerings, you know, it's an exchange. And I encourage you to support her um, as she is supporting us. And this is really just it's a channel message that's coming through um, the love and the attention, the dedication, the commitment that Iafon Layo and her community, her team have really been pouring into us, especially over this changing time, this transition, this transformative time. She has been transforming lives. And with that, I hope that you see um, desire, that you feel the desire to also support her as I see her as really a leader. Um, And if she doesn't see it that way, um, I'm hoping she will, at least, you know, for me, the leadership that she's offering, especially those who are new to African um, traditions, new to Ifa and Orisha, that um, she is really educating. And her mantra actually is scholarship, service, and spirit. And the love that we are receiving, I'm encouraging you all to pour back into Iafunlayo. And you can go to Ashe Ire, that's A S E I R E dot com. And I will put it in the show notes and we will talk about it in our interview so that you know how to find her. Okay, so I do want to add just a little bit about Iaf. Um, she does, you know, when I say, you know, she is a scholar, she also, like myself, you know, has a PhD. And I just love that was one of the things that really attracted me to her was not only her delivery, you know, her compassionate and clear delivery and education that she's providing, but the fact that she has found a way to bridge those worlds and use that scholarship to really enhance her knowledge to be able to support others. And I'm learning from her in that way. Um, Just, you know, knowing that we don't have to completely separate, right, our spirituality and our careers or our education and those uh, practices and teachings that may not exactly seem to fit into African traditions, we can still bring that along with us, okay? Um, bring along that scholarship. And so Iafunlayo earned her PhD in African and African American studies and religion at guess where? Harvard University, okay? 
and her research um, centers around um, theology and aspects of the of Ifa and Orisha traditions as practiced in Nigeria and in Americas, and also really cross-cultural analysis of Yoruba religions. She is a wealth of knowledge, but when you listen to her, she delivers it in a way that is really um, that anyone could, could take in. You always will leave with a nugget of just a jewel, a gem, whatever you want to call it, of, of info that you can apply to your everyday life. Um, and, and it's just going, I hope that you truly appreciate her giving of her time to us during this podcast. I am playing uh, this episode or airing it, I should say, starting in February, a little bit late um, in terms of um Iyaz offer her lessons and courses that she's offering that launch in February, but I think you're, you still have time. Okay. So as you're listening, if you want to learn more, you can go to, um, her community on Ashe Iray. And this month, the courses that are launching are really, really exciting. Reiki and energy healing symbol and sense. She also has beginning Yoruba for Ifa and Orisha practice, um, level one and level two. So um, that is hopefully going to encourage you that if you are excited about what you're hearing and want to learn more, you can actually do that by, you know, taking a course. But if that's not, you know, in your, um, you know, alignment, in alignment with what you're trying to do at this moment, you also have the option of joining her on Wednesdays and on Sundays and on second Sundays. And she'll tell us a little bit more about that in the interview. So stay tuned. We have the interview coming up. I'm very excited for you to hear this wonderful conversation. All right. So everyone, we are here with Ia Funlayo um, and, and Dr. Right. Uh, uh, that's joining us for our podcast. And we are truly in the midst of a woman that has been giving a lot of support to the community, a lot of love um, and guidance. And it's just truly my honor to have her in our presence. So um, before we get started, um, EI, I wanted to give you an opportunity just to tell our listeners a little bit more about you, who you are um, and your work that you've been doing. It's a pleasure to be with you and to be with your audience. Blessings and peace to everyone. I am Ia Dr. Funlayo E. Wood Menzies, affectionately known as Ia Funlayo, your favorite scholar priestess. I'm a PhD scholar of Africana religions as well as an initiated priestess in the Ifa Orisha tradition and have recently founded Ashe Ire Community, which is an independent Africana Studies Center. And so um, it has just been a real pleasure, despite uh, the challenging moment that we're facing with COVID and with being locked down, it's, it's been a pleasure to be able to step in um, and to expand the type of programming that we're offering through the temple at Ashe Ire to include uh, classes, prayer and meditation. Some of these were things that we already did as we really, one of our ethos is, is doing a lot of things online in order to reach as many people as possible 
because African spirituality has been something that has been um, kind of confined to major cities often, like New York and Miami. And so um, we have always actually done a lot of our work online in order to reach more people. And so uh, this challenging moment that we're facing kind of bolstered that a little bit and has brought a lot more of the community into worshiping with us, which has been a big blessing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are seeing in the midst of this storm, the beauty that comes out of it. And I think this, you're an attestment to that and your work uh, with your temple. Uh, I can share with our listeners that I appreciate every Sunday and when I can with my work schedule, Wednesdays, we get to join you on various platforms and it's, it's open to the community. So can you share what platforms people can find you on for those events? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we recently, it, uh, interestingly, we've been doing uh, Orisha prayer and meditation every week for over two years now. And initially it was done by a dial-in phone service. And so it was only voice, but we've recently moved onto all social media platforms. So YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, where we are there each Sunday and each Wednesday, really providing, um, <clears throat> excuse me, prayer and meditation service um, for the community because a lot of many people are coming into African spirituality, not just now in this challenging moment, but it really has been on the rise for, for uh, some time now. Um, as a lot of people of African descent are really seeking reconnection with themselves, seeking reconnection with their ancestors, seeking reconnection with the beautiful parts of themselves that unfortunately have been denigrated and demonized by various powers that be. And so um, it has been uh, wonderful to be able to offer that. And we felt that moving on to the social media platforms would provide more reach for those services. And so um, it was definitely uh, a little bit of a challenge for me when I, I was used to kind of not being seen and only being heard in those venues. Um, but it has been really, really such a blessing to be able to, to expand the reach and to reach so many more people um, who I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach. And so um, one of the things that has happened with African spirituality, I feel, is that Many people, as they come into it, because, you know, so little information has really been available until very recently, um, the very basis of the traditions are often not as emphasized as some of the more uh, elaborate parts of it. So people often focus on ceremonies and initiations and kind of these big things, but don't really focus on the day-to-day. -day. How do we use these principles in our everyday life? How does someone who is not initiated, because the vast majority of people will not get initiated necessarily, and it may not even be advisable for them, but how, do, how does the average person of African descent tap in? How does the average person connect with their ancestors? And so those have been things that we have been really um, interested in sharing with the community. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And I know I personally, I'll hop between the Facebook and YouTube. And <laughs> you're on all those platforms. So it's very convenient um, to join in. And you're touching base on one of the topics I wanted to discuss, which is really, you know, looking at the traditions and how people are starting to gain interest, frankly, just even discover its existence. You know, some, and I'll say for myself for years, I had zero knowledge that there was anything else available to me. It was either I had to choose what I grew up in and what I was taught, or I went through this phase of, okay, that's not fitting. It doesn't feel like it's serving me in a way that I need it to. So I did nothing, you know, right. and I called it, you know, I'm just, I'm here. I could have a connection with God, I would say. And that's, that's where I landed until I had an introduction, you know, to African traditional religious and spirituality. And so, you know, with that, you know, why do you think this emergent came? I mean, I had my own opinion and thought, but even outside of, you know, you mentioned outside of the pandemic, you know, why did that start to happen in our communities? Well, I think, I mean, you know, I would have been surprised if it, never, if it didn't start to happen, right? I think that, you know, more and more people are, have been awakened to the disservice that have been done, that has been done to us as African descendants in separating us from our indigenous traditions. And that is the traditions that we practice prior to the incursions of Islam and Christianity onto the continent and then the ways in which we were converted to those traditions here in the Americas as well. Um, many people are just interested in really connecting with themselves. And I feel that the ancestors have really tapped on. The ancestors themselves are waking up, tapping on many folks, calling them, saying, hey, this is, you know, we cannot, we will not be forgotten no matter what we will not be forgotten. You can, you know, any any group of people that sees God as someone or something that does not look like them, does not have their best interests at heart, is, is a people that can never be empowered. And that is the precise reason why our spiritual traditions were stripped away from us largely, were denigrated, we were taught to feel they were evil, we were taught that, that as you said, if, the, if you're not a Christian, for the most part, it's been Christianity, if you're not a Christian, then you're nothing, you're a heathen, you're an atheist, you're, you know, and so we, we many of us really did not know that there was any alternative. Um, to step to take. And so I, of course, now with the, with the internet and with technology and with things and information being able to be shared and moved around so quickly and so far, you know, in a way that it never has before, it's really opened up the doors. I, I don't think, I think the interest has always been there, but it's, we're at a point now because of all of the technology and the ways that we're able to connect with each other that those who have been interested are really able to connect and dive in and, and begin these practices and really um, stand up to some of the old establishment and say, hey, look, first of all, this ain't working, right? If it was working for us, we would yes. be in a different position at this point. So it's not working, A. B, um, we, it doesn't reflect us, right? So we're seeing, you know, even when we look at schooling and things like that, and this is one of the things that the pandemic has really brought up for us, 
a lot of our children, black children that don't do well in school, for example, it's not because obviously it's not because they're not smart, but it's because the stuff that they're learning doesn't have anything to do with them. Right. So any any situation that you're in where you do not see and feel yourself reflected back, you're going to lose interest and you're not going to be as deeply invested in that thing as you would be when it's about you. And so, you know, I think that that that's the plain real reason why so many people are gravitating. They are really wanting to know about themselves. They're tired of being told they're sinners and they're tired of being beat down and being afraid of going to hell and and all of these other things that have been put into their minds from the Christian establishment and are really looking for something that is strengthening, that is liberating, that is um, that we're doing not out of fear of punishment, but because it actively makes our lives better. And so that's really a key part of African spirituality is that we know that it's, as the Yoruba say, it's loss and it's gain that make the world. Every human being is going to lose and gain in the course of their life, but our spiritual systems are meant to help us gain more, right? To help us stay on that right side of, of the goodness and of the blessing and to know that we're meant to have that now. Right. I think one of the other things that has happened to us as people of African descent is that, you know, heaven and the afterlife have really been stressed because so much of our life here has been crafted in a way that does not allow us to fulfill our highest destinies and be as empowered. So it's like, oh, we'll focus on heaven. And our traditions say, no, you're supposed to have ideo wo, the blessing of wealth. You're supposed to have ideo mo, the blessing of children. And you're supposed to have ideo aiku, the blessing of long life. Now, here, in this body, on this plane, not later. And so these are the things, you know, I think all of that, all of those are are things that are really attracting uh, people back to their ancestral spirituality. And not only people of African descent, all people, even in, in, in Iceland, they recently, after a thousand years, erected the first temple to the Norse gods that's been erected there in a thousand years. Wow. People all over are saying enough because it, it although we've gotten a, a, a very short end of the stick, we're not the only ones, right? Even, you know, um, Eurocentrism has destroyed itself as well, right? And a lot of its own spirit and its own indigenous practices. And so we're seeing so many of these things, all of the global ancestors rising up and saying enough. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. As you were speaking, I had a song pop in my head and it's a old, well, I don't know how old it is. It's a gospel song. And it's when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. You know, that's all. Right. right. It's like, no, why we got to wait till we get to heaven to rejoice? Like, come on, no. (laughs) What is that? Right? Like, yeah. And and maybe, but but, yeah, think about that. Like, what is, you know, all of the, the reasons why we get, we are pushed to focus there and to not focus on what's here now while others get to reap the benefits and live good life now, right? It kind of, sort of, not really, because, you know, as we always talk about, whenever, if you're going to oppress somebody else, that means you're oppressing yourself too. You're keeping, in order to keep your foot on them, you have to stay in the same place. And so that's why I think, you know, again, amongst all of our different groups, we're seeing 
pushback where it's like enough, enough, enough. Yes. We have yeah. to go back to respecting the earth, go back to respecting ourselves, our bodies. I mean, this is not, you know, new age. This is not it's anything not. that is, you know, that hasn't been here. It's, it's, what, it's only what makes sense. What we're doing right now in terms of how we treat the planet, how we treat our bodies, how we treat everything makes no sense. Right. So the things that we're being called back to are the things that make sense just on a natural level. Yes. Yes. I know I was very inquisitive as a child. I mean, I questioned a lot until I was told you're not supposed to, Um, you know, but that would be one of my questions. And I would say, well, why don't don't you have to die to get to heaven? And why are we saying it would kind of like enough and wasn't you know bad enough that I, I did that on Sunday and I always say on Monday then I went to a Catholic school little school down the street and oh, then rather gosh. questioned the nuns and so they really enjoyed my presence in class. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> sure. I'm like now this is contradicting what I heard yesterday. I'm really confused. <laughs> right, right. Well that was that was kind of me and and I you know that's one of the reasons why I say I know it was my deep ancestors that tapped me because you know I was raised um, in a Christian household, my parents, although they were not pastors when I was growing up, they're pastors now and have been, you know, very much into, into the church. And, you know, I was in the choir and the youth ministry and, you know, every kind of everything and I thanks for that. I, I do. I give thanks for that in the, in the sense that, um, you know, the black church, despite whatever issues we, we may have with theology, has really been a source of of strength and support for our communities in so many different ways. Of course, not without its issues like everything, but um, the community aspect, the coming together, the feeding, the, you know, all of the different things that happen in those spaces, um, I always saw the value in and and doing the community service and singing together and, and all of that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, as you said, had this issue with around the theology of well why do i have to wait to die to have to 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 celebrate and rejoice right why why do why are we being so focused there when you know that's what what about now is is it just that we're supposed to suffer now and wait till we go and so that never sat well with me and also the idea that you know there's only one path to approach god was never sat, sat well with me either because clearly, you know, and that that path would be male later on that came to, <laughs> that's a whole, right. other, a whole other aspect, but yeah, just all of that, you know, I think that so many of us, you know, had those same questions and were kind of muffled when we, when we sought to ask them. And um, thankfully, I, I really have to give lots of, 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 of blessing and thanks to my parents my mother, Reverend Regina Hoist, my father, Reverend Ralph Hoist III, they have always been um, true people of God, you know, despite, um, of course, believing the way that they believe and having their the foot in the theology that they have their foot in, they have never been ones to denigrate other traditions or other peoples. They have always been, you know, interfaith and, and you know, the type of people that seek to understand what each person is seeing in God and, and, and still seek that uh, with me and my practice. And so um, my mother and I even have 
created a joint ministry together to try to bridge some of this gap that we see between the practice of Christianity and the practice of African spirituality and to, you know, smooth some of that divide because for many people, this has caused huge rifts in their family. People have been disowned by their families. People have been, you know, torn apart from their support systems and and things of that nature simply for wanting to re-embrace their ancestral spirituality. And so, you know, I I was honored that my mother, agreed to connect with me on this and and to speak out and to speak to her own community because that's what it takes for all of us when when things are going on it can't just be those who practice african spirituality saying listen you christians stop acting like this just like it can't be black people telling white folks oh y'all white folks need to stop no it's got to be coming from the inside it's got to be people who are in it saying listen this is not even what we're about right? This is not what Jesus said. He didn't say go killing folks and beating them over the head and do, no, that's not what you're doing is is outside of even what we say we're about. And so it takes people from inside. And so that's been a really, a real blessing as well to be able to um, share that space with her and just really connect and understand that at the end of the day, again, we're, we're seeking connection with God and there's only one God. And that spirit is spirit, that atoms are atoms, that ashe, prana, the Holy Spirit, that all of those things are the same concept, right? That it's the energy that flows through us and that um, we are all here drinking the same water, breathing the same air, walking on the same earth. And so that those are the things that we really need to take care of above all else. Yes, yeah. And I I tell you, that was one of... um the challenges I had that I have to say thank you, you know, thanks to you and your mother and her beautiful spirit, you feel it coming through. And when I, you know, first started engaging and interfacing with the community, I shared with you on, uh, with one of my posts, I said, I, you know, how do you speak to your family about this? Because I think it took me it's still a journey. We were on a journey period, right? But it took me a while to get to the point where, for one, I could open up about where I stood on things and where I was um, in my space. And then two, to then share and invite them in, I struggled with that, you know? Mm. Because especially when you do have, I have family members that I love dearly that are in a ministry and Christianity, you know? So how do I tell this person that's saying, you need to accept Jesus that, um, well, I've decided- That ain't gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not today, you know? But, you know, that's harsh for them to be able to take in, but that hearing your dialogue and, you know, the message that your mother is delivering to the Christian community really helped me with the language, just how to verbalize, how to articulate it. And I found that when I opened up, that people weren't as closed off as I thought. Right. You know, I will share a quick story. My um, so my the people who raised me are now transitioned. And the last one that was transitioning was last February, my grandmother. I met her at the hospital. 
one of my cousins that's in the ministry came and we had an unexpected day. We didn't know that we were showing up. We both ended up showing up that day. I had crystals in my pockets. I had, I had all these plans for my mama, right? That I was going to do. How am I going to do this now with, with her, with the evangelist here? So she's, you know, we got to talking and I shared with her and she said, well, come on and let's, let's go and let's give me them crystals. And she started rubbing them on my grandmother. She was praying over her. Mm. She was like, and it was so beautiful. And it taught me so much. She may never get to this space, right? Yeah. But she's open enough to accept where I'm at. And I think mm-hmm. more people need to, we always say, you know, it's like we're closing them off. They don't want to hear us. They, they're all about Jesus, but have we tried? Have we right, tried? right. And that's one of the things to recognize, look, we are Africans regardless. And so people can try to resist it all they want, <laughs> but at the end of the day, when that <laughs> drum get the beaten, oh, yeah. you don't feel what you're gonna feel. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important for us to not close those doors, especially those of us who are on this side, on the African spirituality side. I had to struggle with that quite a bit as well of, of kind of rejecting all things Christian and not even wanting to go into a church and not wanting to hear, you know, and it was just like, ah, you know, and there was a a moment where I needed that just to break from it because it was just so, it was so omnipresent. It was like, I couldn't get from under it. But over time, what I've come to realize um, is that we're still talking the same thing again, whether we realize we are or not. And even for example, I had a whole experience with Jesus where I was in a in a um, a meditative state. I'll say, and I was doing some spiritual work, and he actually came and was and and kind of was like, "Yo, like why why are you playing me? Like what's <laughs> what's the problem? You know what I mean?" And and I was like, "Whoa, this is you know." And he really explained to me that even he's like, don't get twisted about who I am because of who people say I am, Mm. right? Mm. And even the way they're interpreting what I'm saying in the book, even the idea that no one can come to the father except through me, that, that statement, which is what a lot of people use to justify this idea that you must be a Christian. No, that's not what was meant. What was meant is that you can't connect with source without being Christ-like, mm. right? It wasn't about worshiping Christ. It or was about Jesus, right? embodying the principles, the principles of healing, the principle of charity, the principle of non-judgment, right? When he right. said you, he was without sin, cast the first stone. So that's when you really break it down into what's really being said, we come back to the same thing, that Christ consciousness is what we would call in Yoruba tradition, Iwapele, humble and gentle character. Yeah, right? It's the same thing. And no, you can't connect with Godhead, with spirit without that, because we say that it's character that we seek first. And if we have, no matter what we have on this earth, we don't have anything if we don't have character. And so all of that comes back to the same thing. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you and embody that Christ consciousness. That's what that's about. And so when I had, after I had that experience, I was like, you know, okay, like we can rock a little bit. Cause of course, because of the way that 
you know, certain principles have been presented, it was like, no, 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 no. I don't want this. I don't want to, you right. know, I don't even, <laughs> but after that experience, that personal experience of really realizing what that was all about. Now I can, you know, I can have Jesus in my shrine. I can, you know, connect with, with the energy without connecting with the dogma that other people have put onto it. And it's the same thing, you know, one thing I have to say as well is that it's, it's very important for us as well in African spirituality, not to reinscribe that same kind of dogma that, oh, you have to do things this way. If you don't come to Ifa like this, if you don't bow down three times and turn around twice and touch the ground, your thing is not legitimate. Like, it's like, come on, stop. Right. We're talking about the powers of the universe. You really think that God almighty, like the one who created everything is going to be stressing about how many times he turned around and bowed down. And, you know, like there's reasons why we do these things, but that's not the first and foremost. The first and foremost is Iwapele. The first and foremost is that Christ consciousness of being a humble, gentle, cool, steady headed, sensible individual that comes first in every tradition. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, and that's one of the things that I also then during that transition phase, right, it's like you struggle with, well, now am I entering into the same, it's just something, it's just called something different, you know, I'm trying to leave this one system and I'm going to go into something that's another system, but when you encounter folks that are, are true, you know, to that connection, um, you know, you understand that, no, it doesn't have to be that way, you know, I feel like at, at least at this point for me, I do it the way that feels right, you know? Um, and you mentioned Iwapele. My family and I were reading actually some of those children books you had recommended. We purchased them. And my, oh, you know, my youngest is 10, but he's very mature. So we, it's, it was pretty much like a group of adults reading children books. Right? So, but we're studying and we're learning together. And that's one of the phrases that, you know, we really stress with the kids, you know? And it's like, okay, character first, no matter what. You know, and if they decided to say, hey, mom, you know, I decide to do this practice of my spirituality, that's their journey. But that one phrase right there is that's key. You know, that is well, that is the key. Number. Like literally, if I says we, we see character first before anything else, mm -hmm. that no matter what we have, we can have riches, we can have prestige, we can have spouses we can have homes whatever none of those things belong to us if we don't have good character that's yeah. it and you know so we one of the things unfortunately that's happened that's come as a result of so many people seeking african spirituality is that of course you have opportunists yes. who have taken advantage of that and of course we see that in every tradition whether we're talking about religion or, or secular matters whatever we're talking about we see people who do that. But it's particularly hurtful and disheartening when it happens around African spirituality because people are really opening up and really seeking that reconnection with their ancestors, really seeking connection with spirit and with God. And so when there is a breach of trust or a breach in that connection, it makes it really, really difficult um, for a tradition that's traditions that have already been denigrated and demonized. And now, instead of, for example, when uh, something negative happens in the church, 
people tend to see that as that one person who was bad and you know that's an anomaly that's not what usually happens whereas with african spirituality when something negative happens it's like ah see we told you they were heathens they were bad they were evil like we were you know and so it's so harmful it's so 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 harmful and that's another reason why spirit has really led me to be as public as I am in terms of sharing the principles, in terms of sharing um, the knowledge, in terms of sharing the protocols and what should and shouldn't be going on. So for example, you know, something, um, uh, spiritual baths, which are some, which are um, um, uh, concoctions that are crafted beautifully with with herbs and and different things in them in order to bathe oneself and to help center one's energy those are sometimes administered by a a priest or a priestess but they should always be administered if so by someone of the same uh gender right that's one of the protocols in the tradition now does that mean that a person of the same gender couldn't possibly be inappropriate with someone of the same gender doesn't mean that but traditionally is less likely right to happen so men and men women and women deal with that there should not be any instances i just very sadly heard of an instance where a woman who was new to the tradition didn't know any better had a male priest you know trying to bathe her and you know undressed and things like that and, and all of these things that are just not appropriate and so um, you know, unfortunately, there's charlatans in every tradition, there's charlatans in, in every in everything. And so it's very, very important that those of us who are righteous, who, who are walking this path in a righteous way, to be vocal. Look, the, as, as Bob Marley once said, the people who are doing bad don't take no days off. So those of us who are doing good, we can't take no days off either, either right? The ones, the charlatans, trust. They out there, they in your inbox every day. Yes. They're, yes. Like, sure. they're out there, okay? You're doing what they do. And so those of us who are on the righteous path, we've got to be as vigilant and we've got to be as out there doing what we do and and and, and shining a light for people to be able to follow. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how they know. I've had, a, I've had experiences and I had a couple of friends that will say, oh my gosh, look, Ababa, you know, put a message in the DM for me. How would he know? You know, because they're so excited. They're like, how does he know? Like, he must know. Right. It's like, no, he didn't know. He done sent that same copy and paste message to a thousand people hoping that. And and this is the thing, right? Because around spirituality, you know, of course, people get excited. People want magic. People want to feel good. People want to be chosen. That's a whole other thing, right? Oh, I'm special because I was chosen to receive this message. And so all of those things, and that's, and that's why this type of stuff is so detrimental because it literally, it plays on every piece of us emotionally and spiritually. And it's, it's, it's something that I'm on a real crusade against. I, I, I can't stand it because what ends up happening, unfortunately, is that when people, have these experiences again because they've already got this idea of these traditions being negative and they're seeking to prove it wrong so when something gets proven right it's like well now i'm gonna go back over here and go back to church or go back to nothing if i really feel like i can't go back to church and it's just it's it's really really terrible it's really um 
it's really it's really detrimental and so it's it's important i i if i if my videos where i'm saying look don't so again anybody who's listening to this right now <laughs> if you get a message from anybody in your inbox claiming to be a priest claiming to be anything run away block them delete it they copied and pasted that same message to 100 people you are special don't get me wrong you're special and you're chosen but not because some rando sent you a message know that you're special and chosen anyway and this is you know this is part of the thing that african spirituality helps to instill in us that we are valuable that we chose a path and a destiny to be here we were not born into sin we did not need to be saved from anything. We are not, you know, we are not, we we don't come into it with that negativity that we come into the world with. In Christianity, this idea that we're born into sin and have to be saved, that a human sacrifice had to happen for us to even be worthy to live is like, whoa, damn, I'm terrible. Like I need to, no, that's not the starting point. And so you know, this, I, I mean, I can't stress this enough just to know that for, for everybody, there's no shortcuts. There's no, there's no fast track. There's no magical Baba or Ia who's going to pop in your inbox and just know everything. We have to do this work ourselves. We have to take the time to study. We have to take the time to pray. We have to take the time to meditate. We have to take the time to examine our own shadows and the damage that has been done to us by some of these ideas that we've been raised with and then come through it and out of it into it anew and and know that you know it 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 takes work there's no magic bullet ritual does not take the place of therapy it doesn't take the place of um recognizing the truth and talking through issues it doesn't take the place of any of that Mm -hmm. yeah it's not enough to say you know we get excited we want to set up an altar we want to do this and that but you actually, you have to do the work, you know, and, and as a practitioner and a therapist myself, yeah, there's a place for that as well, right? There's right. a place to have that right. alignment. And in my profession, we actually do identify spirituality as part of that holistic approach that right. you can't separate that from the individual. So, and the one thing, you know, as you're speaking, that made me think, it made me think about not just people stepping in and, you know, and wreaking havoc, but the individual that then decides to step into a practice and then maybe they are doing some rituals and spiritual things on their own. And when things go wrong, they then say, okay, you know, this is wrong. I shouldn't have been doing it. Um, I'm going to go back to what I was doing before. They tried to warn me and then they go off and warn other people. You know, I've seen this recently as I'm sure you have on social media and YouTube Um, One young lady was speaking about breaking, you know, statues and shrines um, and getting rid of all her Orisha. I'm not sure how she received them, but, you know, that's a whole nother story. But she probably didn't. So let's start there, right? (laughs) Right. Probably some statues that she bought from somewhere because they they don't even come as statues, but that's a whole other thing. Right. And I'm like, so you, yeah, that that is a whole nother topic. So she was breaking them and then people were talking about doing the same and following suit. Um, you know, can you speak to that a little bit? You know, and she's claiming other people have claimed that they have let in entities and energies that, you know, started to harm them and may then point fingers back to their practices or the, the religion and the, the spiritual traditions. 
Yeah, you know, it's hard because there are absolutely negative forces in the world, right? But they're not what we think they are often, right? The negative forces in the world, at least according to Ifa, those are the destructive forces. Let me not say negative because some of them are necessary despite being destructive, but mm-hmm. the for- death, right? That's one of the biggest ones. Iku is a destructive force. Yeah. It's necessary. We can't have life without death, but it's still considered a destructive force. Sickness, loss, those types of things. Those are the destructive forces that come into the world. And so Many times, you know, people look for scapegoats to really doing the work that they're meant to do and really connecting in the ways that they're meant to connect, not only with the divine, but also with each other. So one thing we have to understand when we're talking about African spirituality is that it is a communal practice. So anything that anybody's just doing on their own with no guidance, with no connection to any community anywhere, it's it may go wrong, not because they called on a demon, but just because they're not even in a state of mind where they're connecting in the way that they're intended to be connecting. So you don't know what's going on, right? It could just be that, you know, you weren't, that, that that wasn't the thing to do at that time. And that without the guidance of an elder, you didn't know that, right? It could be that you were doing a ritual when you really needed to go to therapy, right? It could be right. that yes. there's a whole lot of reasons, right? But it's not, I think that one of the things, again, because these traditions have been so demonized, we get, we come into it kind of afraid, people come in and they're afraid and they're like, oh my God, I don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to get punished. I don't want to get beat up. And it's because of the, uh, because of the mindset that we've been raised in, that we are bad. We come into it thinking I'm bad. This is bad. I'm doing something that's bad and expecting something bad to happen. And then when it does, we say, okay, see, now I got to run away. Right. No, I don't. I've not. I've heard of these type of experiences, but it's typically with people who come in with that type of a feeling. Right. And then and also who seek to do things on their own without any guidance. And so that's one thing that I will say is extremely important for those who are listening. It's very important to connect with a community whether that be, you know, I know that it's not always easy. And this is one of the reasons why we have our community um, available doing things online, Um, but connect with someone and make sure that, you know, even though we're connected online, it's not hard for anybody who's connected to me online to to find somebody who knows me in real life and say, okay, what's her character like? And, And have people who are vouching. This isn't anything. This isn't anything. This is one of the things my Baba uh, often says that we have sense until it comes down to spirituality and then we lose our minds and start doing stuff that don't make no sense, right? And so in any other circumstance, you would not give thousands of dollars to somebody that you just met and have no connection to out the blue, that you don't know nobody who knows them. They don't know nobody who knows you. And all of a sudden you're opening up your whole life and giving them money and doing all the... Like, no, that doesn't make sense in any situation, right? And so we have to keep, you know, keep our, keep our wits about us. And again, understanding 
that the basis of when we're coming into African spirituality, the basis of it is not building altars. The basis of it is not getting Orisha or even getting initiated. The basis of it is cultivating good character. There's no way that you can do that and have negativity happen to you. Say, oh, I was cultivating my good character and all of a sudden a demon showed up. No, that that just doesn't happen, right? So focus on that first. Focus yeah. there first. Who are you? What are you doing? What is the reason that you're even seeking this? Are you seeking power? Are you seeking to be able to lord it over somebody else? Are you seeking spells and magic because you want, don't want to do the work to fix things in your life? Like really look and examine that's the first key. And there's no way that anything negative can come out of that. The first thing we talk about is our ori, our own inner head, our own sense. There's a song that I just recently sung last Sunday that says, ori la babo abaforisha sile, that I'd rather throw Orisha to the ground before I throw my good sense away. We got a lot of people throwing their sense away to pick up an Orisha. Right. And that's backwards. <laughs> you, you never throw your sense away. So, again, when we really focus on what the real cruxes of these traditions are, which is our own good sense, our own consciousness and our character, mm -hmm. there's no way something can go wrong if that's your starting point. Right. Yeah. And also understanding life is going to happen. Right. And everything is a duality that you are going to have things that may not be preferred by you. Right. You, know, you are going to experience that loss. It doesn't matter. That's it. Loss and gain. That is what makes the world. The phrase says that it makes the world. Literally everything. Every time you gain something, you're taking something away from elsewhere. If I eat whether it's a plant, an animal, or whatever, that plant or animal has lost its life. So I've gained and it's lost. Mm -hmm. So that's the law of the universe that's going to happen. And that's the other thing that people, again, look for magic. And there, there is some magic that dwells, don't get me, you know, it's, there's, there are magical things that happen, but it's in conjunction with doing the work. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, people get disheartened sometimes because they think, that coming into African spirituality is like a free for all. Like, oh, I can just do what I want and you know, I don't have to follow these rules. No, there's more rules. In fact, <laughs> right? There's more things to do. There's more rules to follow. And again, understanding that it all comes back to our ori, our sense and the cultivation of our character. And if that's not where we're starting, if we're starting with trying to get initiated, if we're starting with trying to build altars and do all of that, then we were, we're wrong already. We have to start with that inner cultivation. And that's the part that many people try to jump over when yeah. they're coming into dealing with African spirituality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I share that, you know, I am not initiated and it's been years that I have been, you know, in my own studies. Yeah, and that's and that's okay. And it's not a it's this is not a a um this is not a what's the word I'm looking for? An escalator, an elevator where it's like, okay, next, 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 next. And it's often treated that way. Like like this tradition is about acquisition. And if you're in it and you don't get initiated, there's an issue. And no, 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 no. It's just like 
in church. We don't think that every member of the congregation is supposed to get ordained as a minister, right? There's that's it's that's not everybody's role. That's not everybody's job. Some people are worshipers, and all that's needed is for them to worship, and that's it. Cultivate their ori, take care of their ancestors, and that's good. For those who do seek initiation and for whom initiation is called for, sometimes it's called for to to help alleviate health issues or other types of issues. Sometimes it's called for because you're someone who's meant to be a priest or priestess and serve the community. It may be called for for a number of reasons, but definitely I'm glad you said that because I don't, there's often this idea that, okay, it just naturally, if you're in this for a while, you should be initiated. And it's like, no, that's not the case. There are many, many people who worship their whole lives and never get initiated and it's not necessary for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you speak to before we're going to start wrapping it up? Cause I don't want to take all your time, but just briefly speak to a little bit about how that works you know what is it when you're not initiated and then are there phases to initiation and you know there are some people may not understand what it is to have a godparent can you briefly talk a little bit about that sure sure well you know let's go back just for a moment and say that traditionally all african spiritual traditions all were familial traditions right these were things that were passed down by the ancestors it was is just the same way Christianity has become a familial tradition where you don't remember when you got to be a Christian. It was your mama is, your grandma is, and they that just is what it is. Right. And so that's what it was with African spirituality as well. So these so you would have guidance, though that guidance would often come from either your own parents or their uh, good friends, which in the black church tradition, tradition, we have godparents, right? That are when we get, uh, it, you know, that may not everybody, but who may be your parents' friends, who let's say if something, God forbid, happened to them, they would agree to take care of you, etc. So that same system existed with our ancestors on the continent, right? Where we had, if I'm a priest, you're a priest just be, we may both be priests, but when one, when we have children, we would send our children to each other to learn, right? And you might be their godparent. I might be your children's godparent and you be mine because there was an understanding that children don't take things as seriously when it comes from their own direct parent often, right? And so all of that. So I mentioned that to say that we are now as Africans in the diaspora seeking to recreate hundreds of years of broken relationship, right? Hundreds of years of broken community that is seeking to reconnect itself. And so we have what is called godparents in in these traditions or what may be called uh, many different things. In Spanish, you might call it a madrina or a padrino, and olorisha or baba lorisha yalorisha someone who is guiding you that's what a, that's all a godparent essentially means whether you're in voodoo hoodoo ifa every tradition guidance is that and it may be called something different in different traditions but most often we hear this term godparent now what does that mean let's let's listen to what the word is actually saying god parent 
someone who is parenting you, someone who is caring for you and helping to guide you towards God, guide you towards the divine. And so that is um, typically the type of relationship that would be established as a person comes into a community. Um, the, there's many different levels to being in community. And so someone who is not initiated and who worships Orisha is called an Aborisha. Aborisha. That is someone who worships, who bo worships or gives a bow to Orisha. What does that mean? It means that oftentimes people present this as though you must be initiated to give offerings to Arisha to interact with them in any way. That's not the case. Otherwise, this word aborisha wouldn't exist, right? So those who give offerings but who aren't initiated are known as aborisha. Sometimes you will hear this, in, particularly in the diaspora traditions, called an alejo or aleyo. The word alejo means guest. And so someone who interacts with a community, interacts with a temple, but has not received any formal initiations or things from the parents of that temple would be referred to as an alejo or an aleyo or an aborisha. All of those terms have the same connotation, okay? Um, depending on the system, there may be levels to initiation. So for example, in the diaspora system, the Lukumi system, it's a three-step process. One would receive first their consecrated necklaces, which are known as eleke. Some, and again, when I say it's a three-step process, not everybody goes through all of these steps. It's not necessary for everyone. Most, I would say the vast majority of people who are in the tradition may get their eleke, which is like, maybe like into a baptism and just, you know, connecting with the community, connecting with the energy of the person who's going to guide them and connecting with the house that they're in. And that may be all they need, right? Another, the next level is uh, referred to as receiving the warriors. And so there are certain um, spiritual energies that are said to protect us a shoe being one of them, a womb being one of them. And so in that uh, second ceremony of receiving the warriors, a person would receive the shrines of those particular protective deities. And again, this is, I'm, I'm speaking very much in general. There's a lot of different ways that this can work. So for, for our house, for example, I'll speak to how I do things because I do things in a, in a way that's slightly amalgamated. Um, uh, it, I, we use some practices, Yoruba land practices and other practices that are more diaspora centric or Lukumi centric. And one of the reasons for that is that we're here, right? We're here in the diaspora. Not everything that is done in Nigeria, the way that it's done will work for us being here where we're not in the culture. We're not immersed in it all the time. We're not immersed in the language. We have to find ways to create steps in for ourselves. And so in the Nigerian, uh, the what's often called the Isheshe tradition, these steps that I'm describing don't exist, right? One could potentially go from having no entry into the tradition at all to being fully initiated without having to go to any steps before that. Personally, I don't agree with that. I feel that there should be some entryway, especially because so many people now are coming in and are new to this and need an entryway. And so in our house, 
we conduct an Aleke ceremony to receive the consecrated necklaces just of those Orisha of our temple. And then um, the next step in our in our system will be to receive a hand, what's called a hand of Ifa. And this is something that we really believe everyone should have, which it is something that helps you to triangulate your destiny. Let's put it that way, that you would receive a, a reading of your life in a sense. One of my uh, colleagues, uh, Baba Fase, calls it your life's road manual or your life's manual. So in receiving that, one would receive um, information about who they are, who they came to the world to be, uh, things that they should and shouldn't do to help align them with their destiny. Sometimes, you know, these things are called taboos or foods or clothing or things that need to change in one's life in order to help one reach their highest destiny. Um, and it's at that time that if any Orisha initiation is indicated, um, it would be revealed at that time, as well as if the person needed to receive any um, shrines of the warriors or different things like that, all of that would be revealed at that time. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a number of ways that this works, but the point being that um, connecting with a community, connecting with the community is very much um, important. And you cannot do any of these practices in isolation. And I should also add that priests work together. So if anyone goes to any priest to receive any ceremony and that priest is the only one there doing the work by themselves, that's a red flag. Yeah. Again, this is communal. This is communal. Houses work together. Priests work together. There should be at least three priests present for any ceremony that's going on, right? Okay. And so connecting, again, this idea of godparents is really just about having someone to guide us along the path and to um, help ensure that we don't get taken advantage of and that things and that we're not doing more than we need to do or getting ahead of ourselves. And so, of course, you know, I'll close by saying that patience, suruni babaiwa, this is one of the refrains from our Oduzavifa, uh, patience is the father of character. That patience is very important. The same way you wouldn't meet somebody today and marry them tomorrow, you don't meet somebody today and get initiated by them tomorrow or have them be your godparent tomorrow. It takes time. Human relationships are what they are. So take time, meet people, connect with them. And again, again, know that everything starts from you and your own Ori. So if anybody's listening and wondering where to start and is feeling overwhelmed, oh my God, what is all this about? Scratch everything and just come back to your Ori. I have an Ori prayer um, available for the people um, on my Instagram and it's, it's out it's out in the world. But any, any prayers that you find for Ori, when people ask where to start, Ori, that is the place for you to start honoring your own head, honoring your own sense, asking always to know how to guide yourself well, asking to always make sound decisions, asking to always be sensible, to always be uh, full of rejoicing, to push away depression, you know, all of those things. Pray over your own head first. 
can start there. And then one's ancestors. Ancestors, ancestors, ancestors. I have a um, an ancestral kit that's available on my website. For those who might be interested in that, it has a mini course with it, as well as some materials, especially for those who are very new and have no idea where to start. Um, many people have found that very helpful, but just calling their names is a place to start. Just saying, you know, my ancestors, if you don't know their names, just say, my ancestors, I call on you. My high and elevated ancestors, my enlightened ancestors, I call on you. I ask you to help me, I ask you to come be with me. And guess what starts to happen? As my homegirl, the Afro mystic says, our bodies are the shrine. So you start calling that, just saying that, even without no names. And you, things are gonna start percolating because that DNA is already in you. The DNA of all the ancestors that you're calling, it's in you, it's in you. So even if you don't have an altar, you don't have uh, none of that. It starts from you. Know that you're whole. Know that there's nothing that anybody's going to give you that you don't already have. Some things may be activated, but it's not, you know, I just, that's one thing that I always stress is just not to ever come into this or anything else from a place of desperation or from a place of feeling less than or from a place of feeling that someone else knows more than you do. We are all born with the same sense and so that is what we cultivate and we use first. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yes. I will say quickly that, you know, for me, I connected with my ancestors before someone even told me what that was. You know, they visited me. And it, for me, it was just confirmation and that I wasn't losing my mind, my <laughs> that it was confirmation of those connections. And I think that's the piece that we can go back to as well. It's, it has to feed you. You have to connect to it. Um, and be open and everybody's not going to be Oshun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Come on, tell them, tell them. <laughs> it's not, it's not but, about you know, that. But here's, but, but here's the thing. The beautiful <laughs> part is that we all have Oshun. We all have them all in us, right? We've got Ogun, our skeleton. That's Ogun, the bones of our body. We have our flesh. That's Obatala. We have the blood running through us. That's Oshun. We have the air coming in and out of our lungs. That's Oya. We have our ori, we have it here in our in our stomach and in our head because this is the two places we know things. Yeah. Right in your gut or it don't make sense in your head, we know that it's no. Right? So we have, we have it all. We have it all within us already. The soul yeah. in our wombs when we're being carried. Just we have, we we embody and encompass. And these are ways of explaining reality. Right? There are ways of breaking down what is there and of explaining it in a way that we can embrace and understand allegorically, but it's all coming back to speaking about the same source and the same thing, which is us. Yeah, my kids said they heard about nature, netter, and the yes. recent connection to, and they were like, oh, yeah, makes sense to me. Like, they didn't think twice about it. That's Ori. It makes sense. That's makes it. Sense. When something makes sense, it makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much, Ia. So I, I want you to just give a chance. I'm going to put all your information in the show notes, but 
Uh, where would you suggest people go first to find you? Is it Ashe Gookin University? Or? Yes, asheiray.com is your place to find all things Iafunayo, all things Ashe-Iray. That's A-S-E-I-R-E.com. And uh, links to everything is there. The ebook. I have an ebook where I teach the Mojuba prayer, which is our most common prayer we use in the tradition. And I always suggest that people who are new start there to, to know what the cosmology even is. What do we call God? What are we praying for? Who are we praying to? Um, that's a really important place to begin. Um, there's a link to our YouTube channel there, lots of videos introducing you to the tradition, especially those who are new. Um, we start, I have a two hour 101 introduction and an introduction to Ifa, um, an episode on character, on divination, on all of the, the basic principles, um, because, you know, we've tried to touch on things here, but of course, you know, we just got to, to hit the highlights, um, but I definitely invite you um, to, to check out the videos and to um, reach out. You're welcome as well to book personal consultations with me as well on the website. So everything is there. Communiversity is on the website. We'll be getting started back. Uh, typically, we offer courses every other month. So February, we'll have courses and then again in April um, and so on and so forth. And so we're really excited to uh, welcome Iajayafunlayo Maxi, who's going to be teaching Reiki Level 1 at the Communiversity this coming cycle. I teach our standing courses in Yoruba language, Ede Yoruba, Patakini. It's very important to learn some of the language, particularly if uh, people are feeling drawn to the Ifarisha and Yoruba traditions knowing what you're saying, what the prayers are saying, what the songs are saying, you know, and really being able to as well understand some of the thought processes of the ancestors, right? Learning an African language puts you in a whole different thought process than these uh, Latin-based languages. And so kind of learning about that and, and, and how we even see the world um, is, is very, very important. Um, I also teach on tarot tons of classes and each each cycle we have a new uh, featured course and so it's it's just been really really beautiful um, to be able to offer this to the community we are working on a lot of new things uh, coming up this year but yes asheiray.com is your portal to it all and I definitely look forward to being in touch yes great and you will see me there I have a list of things that I'm like I have to take this course and I need to make the time and I will. So. <laughs> I, say, I, say, I will look forward to it. I thank right. you again for having me and, and having this platform um, to share with your people. It's, it's beautiful. Please do keep it up. Keep sharing the knowledge. Keep sharing the love. Know that it's making an impact. And it's just, um, it's really, really wonderful and really important work. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to tune back in. I have some wonderful guests joining us on the upcoming episodes of Black Goddess Healing and Manifestation. Take care. Ashe.